This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And today is Synopsis Sunday. But before we get into that, we want to remind you guys, go ahead and like this video, comment on the video, share the video, and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate it. Um, so this is a little look behind the scenes here. We, we compile this every week. A little peek behind the curtain. Exactly. Um, just to kind of compare our views amongst multiple platforms, because we do have a small following on BitChute. That yeah, that's seemed, small. We're killing it. Seems to be a, quite dedicated, actually. I'm quite surprised how well we do on BitChute. Um, but just to compare some statistics, our most viewed video last week, uh, if you were only looking at YouTube, would have been our video on our pal, Billy from Vizn Awesome. That would have been the Tuber Tuesday video. But if you take a little deeper look into last week, you would notice Go a little deeper, Chris. You would notice that on Fandom Friday, our bitch shoot, we got 108 views in like two days, which was crazy. It's totally because it said Titanfall Two. <laughs> I doubt it. Donkey Kong Country was in front of Titanfall Two. No, Most Titanfall Two. It's because it's free this week. Look, or so this month, I guess something crazy happened uh, on Friday night. I noticed we were literally trending on gaming on BitChute. <laughs> we were number four. Yeah. I was crazy. like, whoa. So we tweeted about it a few times. So if any of you guys follow our Must Twitter account. Must have been account, a slow night. <laughs> at, at Krillcast. Um, you would notice we were trending. We were seven, then six, then five. Then then finally at number four we, we fizzled out. But it was pretty cool. Yep. Um, anyways. <laughs> So last week, what did we cover? Well, we covered Shenmue 3 on Monday. Uh, the news, the controversy. Yeah, the real controversy. See, Carl backed me up on that. Yeah, you were saying it was a non-troversy, but he backed me up. He agreed with me. Whatever. <laughs> um, yep. Well, then we covered our good pal, Vizna Awesome. Tuesday. Uh, yep. And then uh, Wednesday, we looked at collectors and limited editions yep. and how basically they've been ruined. <laughs> Something like that. On mm-hmm. Throwback Thursday, we covered Crazy Taxi, which I'm not yep. going to say it the way I said it last week. <laughs> yes, you should. Crazy Good. Taxi! <laughs> <laughs> and then on Fandom Fridays, I recommended Donkey Kong Country, and Will recommended Titanfall 2. So, yep. there's that. Not comparable, but I really like I like both of them, honestly. Yes. Um, as far as our totals for the week... Uh, we were up two subscribers. We're up to 70 subscribers, so we need 30 more to hit our goal of 100 by the end of the year. Um, our views were up 17 from the previous week on YouTube, and awesome. we had 24 more comments than the previous week. We really appreciate all the interactions from you guys. Yeah, we definitely it's do, guys. Super awesome. Um, on BitChute, we are still sitting at 13 subscribers, although it seems to be a dedicated 13 <laughs> subscribers. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. We actually had more views, but mostly due to our 108 on Friday. Had 213 for the week, which is 66 more than the previous week. And then as far as comments go, we had seven. Um, not a bad week for us, anyway. No, it was very good. Thanks, guys. Let's go over our uh, favorite comments. Okay, let's do it. Let's see. There we go. Okay, so I think there's a comments tab. Yeah, there it is. Nope, that's not what we're going to use. Shout out to High Hill Knights Review for finally watching the two and a half hour video from a month ago. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Let's see. So we had a 
a comment on this one. How do I? Oh, here we go. This is what I want. So for Synopsis Sunday, we had where? Oh yeah, they keep moving the comments on me. It keeps throwing me off. Yeah, Carl Lucas says my that had to be my favorite comment from this video. <laughs> One of the ways to get 100 subscribers is string up controversy, winky face. Of course, you'll be left with a toxic audience, but that's the price you have to pay. Yep, that was funny. <laughs> so there's that. Yep. Um, for Tuber Tuesday, or not Tuber Tuesday, Manic Mondays next. Man, I just wish that it was easy for me to go through these and then easily identify the good comments. But yeah, unfortunately, that would only be logical that you know YouTube would make that simple for you. But you, you would know, think. Whatever. Shenmue 3. I think Carl's going to get this comment, too. I'm trying to remember what the comments were on here. Oh, then there's the Fisher back. Um. <laughs> that one clearly wins, obviously. Uh -huh. <laughs> Let's see. I think making the whole thing an exclusive after receiving a lot of money from Kickstarter was kind of weird. Oh, Where did the money go? This what did they spend it on? Why did they make another deal that brought more money, even though they probably had finished the game? Question mark. I don't think it's a controversy. Also, Shenmue See? Three looks outdated on arrival. The art style saved. I agree. Because it's stylized. <laughs> okay, that'll get comment of the week. Will's obviously animated about this one, so mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> you shot me down when I said it was still controversy, and you're like, no, it's a controversy. <laughs> I don't think it's that controversial. People just want money, and to be honest with you, these companies probably need it. So whatever. I think the backers probably shouldn't have gotten slighted. That's where I'm at with that. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see. Oh, yeah, I pinned it. Well, Billy, you just gained another sub. Thank these guys for it. You do deserve more with the great editing you put out. Nice beard. P.S. Fix his link in the description. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I screwed up the link. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> but you still got a subscriber, so you're welcome. <laughs> Although I will also take the time to read this awesome comment Billy sent, and I'll love it because I forgot to do that before says, also, you guys are dead on. If you look at my intro video for the channel, it shows clips from videos I used to post. I used to be the run-of-the-mill Let's Player while I gained subs. I didn't like the content I was putting out. That's what drove me away from my channel for a year. This latest return was to recapture my love for the process. I started this year at 105, and thanks to you guys, Winky Face, I'm at 158. In my own brain, I also think they are dead subs. I've definitely thought about restarting, but my private videos give me that cringy push to do better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah, I'm getting ready to private all 19 original episodes of this podcast. <laughs> so no, yeah, you can private it. I'm never watching them again. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's that. Um, so go subscribe I'm, I'm to I'm waiting Billy. for one uh, comment in particular. I'm excited to get to it. Uh-oh. You know um, which one I'm talking about. I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> all right. Oh, the crazy taxi one? Yep. <laughs> Alright. I keep forgetting to mute that. There we go. Um, Wildcard Wednesday. So what did we talk about on Wildcard Wednesday last week? Well, we talked about the Collector's Limited Editions. Yep. And how much we hate DLC for Deluxe Editions. <laughs> exactly. So there's this one right here. Frisbee Champion Puppy. You get the comment for this video. DLC collector's editions are a joke. Yes, 100% agree. But yes, I also agree that it is sadly the way of the future. 
Yeah, that's, oh. yep, that's how it goes. Hey, YouTube's not broken. Look what comes up next. DLC and microtransactions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is hilarious. It actually works pretty good there. Um, and then for Thursday, Throwback Thursday, we covered Crazy Taxi. Mm-hmm. Comment of that video definitely goes to... You know which one I'm voting for. <laughs> Garth Benjamin. <laughs> oh, it's Drive Like My Wife Simulator. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I did pin uh, Vroom's comments. I'll read it too. These taxis in New York City will kill you for them to get you to pick... For, duh, let me rephrase that. These taxis in New York City will kill you for them to get a pickup. Lyft and Uber is just as bad. I didn't know there was a part two and three of this game. Played it a few times in arcades, but it was very short gameplay for the price and PC. It's actually quite a fun game. Yep. I've actually been in a taxi in New York City where the driver went up onto the curb, onto the sidewalk, to drive around some other cars and keep going. Okay. Ter- it was terrifying. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> so on got Phantom Friday, time, how many comments have we got on Phantom Friday 2? Um, oh, yeah, Carl's was, Carl's won this one. Titanfall equals good. EA equals bad. This meme format is still good. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> you win, Carl. You win. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was our comments on YouTube. We did have a couple good ones on BitChute. Um, just want to pull those up. I want to say Throwback Thursday we had a good one from Colors of Gaming, so I'll call them out. Let's see. Yep. Colors of Gaming said, I've been playing these games my entire life. Every time I get a chance to play this, something happens so I can't. It really annoys me because it's a classic. One of my favorite pick-up-and-play games that just got a release is Super Monkey Ball, which I also like that game. Mm. Yes. Um, and he said, I think arcade-style games still have an audience, especially on the Switch, like you were saying. Thank you for your comment, Colors of Gaming. And then we got one more comment I'm going to bring up on our Friday video. So, uh... I don't want you guys on BitChute to think we don't think about you guys, because we totally do. Yeah, we do. Um, I'll give Colors Gaming another shout-out. They're awesome. Go check them out. They're on YouTube and BitChute, so go check them out on both. Um, Donkey Kong Country is the first game I ever owned, and I love it a lot. And then uh, we had from <laughs> of Wiley... Of course you like that comment. From Wiley Wyvern, another gaming channel. Awesome. I legitimately <laughs> thought they were being sarcastic when I first read this comment. But so I commented back and said... I am struggling to determine if you're being sarcastic or not. And then they wrote, not sarcastic, smiley face. So, <laughs> I think he's still being sarcastic. Thank you. I really I'll hope. take it. Like I, will, not. I will take it as well. But yeah. we got this comment, and I don't see an extra subscription. So, Wiley Wyvern, please subscribe to the podcast. I'm calling you out. <laughs> yeah, do it. Okay. So, Will, what are we going to be covering this, this upcoming week? So on Manic Monday, we're covering it again. I feel like we've talked about this game before, but I love it so much, and it just got <laughs> re-released on the MCC, Halo Reach. It's blowing up right now on Steam oh, and yeah. probably in the Microsoft Store as well as on Xbox. So we'll be covering that in depth. Not to mention the fact that it actually won our Halo ranking video. <laughs> and no. interestingly enough, so it released in 2010, I believe. Originally, yeah. And originally and now it's re-releasing in 2019 so the 2010s have been capstoned by halo reach yes <laughs> i saw that comment it was like a meme format it's like yep. we started and ended the decade with halo reach i was like yep that's that's true <laughs> so true very proper. On, uh, on tuber tuesday we're covering carl lucas which if you don't remember he was our 
guest like what three weeks ago? I think about three weeks. Three or four weeks ago, when we uh, we ranked, not ranked, when we rated Nerd Talk <laughs> on Tuber Tuesday, mm-hmm. and we gave him we some, ranked him very highly though. Yes, yes, yes. He's he's high high ranked, mm-hmm. uh, S tier for Nerd Talk channels. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are we doing on Wildcard Wednesday? Well, we're gonna be going over Persona Persona Five Royal. Uh, clearly, Chris picked this topic. <laughs> uh, basically, we're talking about how Atlas likes to re-release their games for each generation, and our uh, thoughts and opinions on that. Yeah, um, mostly my thoughts and opinions. I have thoughts and opinions too, Chris. <laughs> Maybe they're not well informed. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, Throwback Thursday, what are we covering? We're going to be covering. Uh, what, I can't remember. Hold on. The Atari Adventure. Oh yeah, that's right. And and just so you guys know. I'm working on getting DW Relive to also cover that game. So hopefully we'll be hearing about DW Relive covering that game after we cover it. What do we, uh, oh yeah, Phantom Friday is a surprise. You guys have no idea. I don't idea. like surprises. <laughs> What's the surprise, Chris? Because <laughs> you'll find out too, Will. Mm-hmm. All right, check you back on Friday then. There you go. <laughs> Anyway, um, please remember to like this video, comment on this video, share it across your social medias, and please subscribe to our podcast as we march towards 100 subscribers. Thank you very much. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Will. And we will see you next Curlcast. Thanks, guys. opening cutscene. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I didn't know that was happening because I can't see the screen. <laughs> Please remember to like this video, comment on this video, share this video across social media, and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate every single one of you guys. Yes, we do. We're marching towards 100 subscribers by the end of the year. We need about 30 more to go. Um, today is... What is it, Will? It's Manic. Mondays. <laughs> and uh, what are we talking about on Manic Mondays today? Oh, we're talking about one of my favorite games, Halo Reach. And the reason why we're play, uh, talking about a, you know, basically a decade old game at this point is because it got re-released on PC. Yep. Uh, also on the Xbox, but I think PC is a big deal because it's the first Halo game since Halo 2 to be on the PC. Yes, sir. So uh, I'm going to give you guys some background real quick. Um, we're going to start this video out with a shout-out to Hidden Xperia for covering this development and release. Um, yep, Halo our favorite Reach, Brit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Halo Reach originally released on the Xbox 360 in September 14th of 2010, and it is being re-released on the Xbox One and Windows 10 on, well, it was already released December 3rd, 2019. It's the first Halo FPS game to release on Steam, and the first Halo That's game it. to drop as part of the Master Chief Collection on PC because they're doing them chronologically. As far as like the timeline goes, not like 
chronological releases. <laughs> um, the launch day saw a peak of 161,000 people playing. Yeah, that's crazy, especially when you consider it's $10 a piece, and that's just Steam, so it's not people playing on Game Pass. Right. And uh, it was the first Halo, our PC Halo game to debut in over a decade. I mean, think about this. Halo 2 Vista was released in 2007. That's 12 mm-hmm. years ago. We're not counting the Halo 3 online from Russia, or the uh, Dor- the El Dorito, whatever it was called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, we're definitely not counting that. Um, no, it wasn't the campaign, so. No, and it actually quickly overtook, like, Fortnite and every other major. Yeah, it did. Everything As it should. <laughs> I remember seeing, uh, uh, I think it was Ninja said, sweet seeing Halo take the top spot again. It's like, mm-hmm. I started my career with Halo, and it's back on top. It's like, cool, mm-hmm. good for you, Ninja. Yeah. Um, and what's even crazier, so this is a 343 release, and there were no major issues on launch day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah, because they, they... I know, what parallel universe beta. are we living in? They had it in beta for a while. They had a bunch of Twitch streamers testing it Yeah, they're it doing out. it right. Yeah. Um, so the, what we want to talk about, um, do we think that Reach can maintain this popularity going forward? Um, and which of the MCC games will be the most popular on PC? We'll start with those two questions. Uh, what do you think, Will? Do you think we'll maintain the popularity right. going forward on Reach? Well, I'm going to jump to the second question. <laughs> so I think Halo 3 is going to overtake it when that comes out. Oh, yeah. Um, Halo 3 was definitely the most popular of, the, of all of the games. Um, I think Reach is going to maintain a pretty solid uh, player base. I mean, even the old game still has people playing it. So you can still hop on the 360 right now and play that. It's going to take a while to, to load in the match, but there are still a couple thousand going. Oh yeah. So I think it's, I think also with the seasons that they've implemented, even though it's kind of, it kind of changes the ranking system, so some people are kind of upset about that. Uh, it gives you an incentive to keep coming back and always play online and not just on the campaign. Um, so I think yeah, it probably won't stay in the top three or whatever it's at right now, but it's going to stay up there until the Halo until Halo comes out. Until Halo Infinite, and before that, until Halo 3 comes out. (laughs) Actually, what I'm most excited to see is uh, what they're going to do with Halo 3 ODST. Mm. I'm really curious to see what they do with that on the PC. If they just, like, kind of shadow drop it like they did on the Xbox One, or if they make a big deal out of it. Because really, it should come out between Halo 2 and Halo 3. If they did a chronological timeline. Yeah, it's going to be released, though, so it'll be after Halo 3. You don't think it'll be after? Oh be no, after you're Halo right. 3? I guess I, I I understand now. You're right. That's what they said. They're gonna. It should be between Halo Two and Halo Three. Yeah. They're gonna make a big deal out of it because originally they released it as a like a sorry because the uh, MCC sucks so bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's much better. So. I'm I'm just curious to see what happens with that one because that, that that release I, I was surprised when I got that kind of for like a what was it five bucks after I launched it on the Xbox One. Yep. Anyway, um, I think Reach. I think Reach will maintain, maybe not the same popularity as day one, but I think it'll retain some semblance of popularity because it is the first or second most popular online Halo game ever. Um, And therefore, it probably will be popular all the way up until either the next release of a Halo Master Chief Collection game or Infinite. One of the two Mm -hmm. will definitely overtake it. Yeah, I don't think that it'll lose its popularity until that next game comes out for the MCC. Definitely agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. As far as which one I think will be the most popular, you're going to disagree with me, Will, but I think I think Halo 2 might end up being the most popular 
Yeah. Well, the thing is, that's definitely the one I'm looking forward to. That's the one I'm going to be playing because <laughs> I love Halo 2 online. But well, I mean, uh, think, I think how many? Go ahead. I, I was going to say that you know, Halo 3 was the most popular game out of that series. After like all the games from Bungie, and I think that's probably going to be the one with the biggest player base. The thing about this, um, the people that are getting the Master Chief Collection, half of them are nostalgic for Halo, and half of mm. them are new to Halo, right? Mm. Which one are the nostalgic people going to kind of lean back on the hardest? It'll be two or three, right? Mm. Which one will the kind of newer Halo players will have never played before? It's probably Halo 2. Right? I don't know how you get to that conclusion, but okay. <laughs> if, you haven't, if you haven't played Halo that much, you've probably played Halo 3. Mm-hmm. If you played a lot of Halo, you've probably played Halo 2 and 3. Right? Mm-hmm. So if they've never seen Halo 2 before, it'll be brand new and exciting to them. I have a yeah. feeling Halo 2 and Halo 3 will be neck-to-neck as most popular of the Halo series. All right, we'll see. I, yeah, think so. I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed by that because, again, Halo 2 had my favorite online, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, piggybacking off of the discussion of Halo Infinite versus the Master Chief Collection, what do you think the chances are that Halo 5 will see a port to the PC? I think it's highly likely. Do you? Yeah, they already have Forge on PC for Halo 5, so you can already build the maps. So I don't think it would be that much of a leap to bringing the whole game over. A discussion I've seen on Reddit and other places is whether or not they'd add it to the MCC. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably not going to happen. But probably I do not. see them adding it to PC, um, just in general, right before the launch of uh, Infinite. If they wanted to be really scummy like Activision, they could release it with a bonus chapter on PC and then also have it as DLC on the Xbox One, kind of explaining away the plot that they don't want to continue into Infinite. (laughs) Hey, I would be fine with that if it led into a great game. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is actually what happens to Cortana after Mm -hmm. Halo 5. you got to play these three missions. (laughs) I would be totally fine with that. And, like, Chief wakes up at the end and says, oh, it's a terrible dream. No, right. no, 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 no. We're not going to play that game. <laughs> but, it can uh, be uh, Chief's Awakening. <laughs> Sergeant Johnson's bad dream. He's back. Mm-hmm. Yep. None of that happened after Halo 3. Oh, oh that would be exciting, too. <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to them just saying, okay, 4 and 5 are no longer canon. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's probably an unpopular opinion, so we'll cut that out. No, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> no, it's staying in there. But uh, I'm I'm kind of curious because if Halo Five comes to PC, that might I mean given that they've had good releases through the Master Chief Collection all the way up through four, um, if all of that plays right into 343's hands, then I don't see why they wouldn't release five as like a yeah. pre-game for Infinite. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, or I just bundle them together so like if you buy Infinite, you'll get Halo Five at the same time. That's not a bad idea. Um, I've seen other companies do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a then, lot of times they, they give you the old games. Like Gears of War does that every time they release a new one. If you buy the new one, you'll get all the other ones. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the last question we had for this discussion. Will the Master Chief Collection on the PC rebuild the Halo brand in the days leading up to Halo Infinite? I think that... 343 over the last couple of years has been working hard to do this. So just them repairing the MCC in general, fixing all the title screens, fixing the UI, fixing like a lot of the bugs and 
it's just so much better to play now and had a lot of the features that should have been there to begin with um i think that has uh brought them back a lot of fandom on that uh halo or yeah halo wars 2 was a great release i don't know how well it did but the art style the gameplay uh was really fun and the story was better um and then this bringing all of the games to pc finally i mean people have been waiting decades for this um I think I think it's all up and up for three for three right now. Hopefully they don't screw this up. <laughs> but right I, now they're definitely on an upwards uh, climb. So I still remember playing all the mods on Halo Combat Evolved on the PC. Mm-hmm. It was such a great time doing that. Uh, it was so much fun. Um, so I just wanted to point out, Will, I pulled up this trailer from mm-hmm. 2010 for Halo Reach. So mm-hmm. much nostalgia. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I'm, one is it? I can't actually see it. It's the Halo Reach Aspar. Oh yeah, you can't see it. I should have had this playing the whole podcast, but it's the Halo Reach A Spartan Will Rise. It's the Bungie trailer. Oh yep, yep, yep. Oh my that. gosh, it's like three minutes. It's just glorious. Everything that Bungie put out was glorious. Yeah, I love their trailers. I'm and hoping that whatever whatever their new project is, you know, now they moved on essentially from Destiny. I, I believe that that's what they're doing, right? They're not releasing Destiny three. I hope. Jeez, that would not they be a might. good move. Um, if I they don't do, think they're going to do it uh, soon, though. I just mean it shouldn't be their next game. I'd, I'd feel so no. burned if I had bought Destiny one and two just to have three come out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, no Bungie's trailers were epic. I, I haven't really watched a whole lot of game trailers in a while, other than what comes on at E three. You know, E three is like my Super Bowl for video games. <laughs> All the yes. commercials are great, um, mm-hmm. but I got so much nostalgia watching this. I'm so ready to play Reach, but I'm waiting until I get my Xbox 360 wired controller to plug into my PC, so it yeah, feels yeah. just like it did in 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not by my Xbox One right now. Otherwise, I would be playing it. <laughs> playing with a wireless Xbox One controller doesn't feel right to me. It's, it's gonna. It feels a little weird because it's already backwards compatible. So I have played it on the Xbox One, right? Um, but it still feels good. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna get rid of my Xbox One controller probably as soon as I get this Xbox 360 controller. Mm-hmm. Remember, reach 914 2010. There you go. Mm-hmm. Start the decade off with reach, end the decade off with reach, as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyways, if you guys like this discussion, you like this podcast, please remember to like this video, comment down below, share this video across your social media, as you know, especially MySpace, and uh, subscribe <laughs> and to the Friendster. podcast. And Friendster. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you on the next Curlcast. Toodles. <laughs>
And today is Tuber Tuesday. And, That's not uh, how you say it. Tuber Tuesday. That was weird. <laughs> Much better. That was Much really, better. That was even weirder. Um, I was going to get us another subscriber. Just no, it won't. No, it won't. <laughs> okay, so... I want to remind you guys, please like this video, comment on this video, share it across your social medias, especially Instagram, um, and subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy what we do. Or even if you hate what we do, I don't care. That's fine. Subscribe anyway so you can dislike every video. Dislike the video. Yes. Comment on every video how much you hate us and share it across every social media site that you can saying how much you hate us and how everybody should go watch us so they can hate us too. Yep. We want those hate views. (laughs) As Carl would put it. So today on Tuber Tuesday, we're covering our friend, Carl Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start off with a little synopsis that he has provided himself on his YouTube channel. All right. So I think his icon is so good. I do, too. He said he paid somebody to make that artwork for him. So Yeah. Well, or, or, it, I mean, it paid off. <laughs> I, I don't know if he paid. I, he said he's got an artist that does this for him. I'm not sure what the setup is for that. You know, Some people have arrangements. Um, arrangement <laughs> oh weird. my gosh and i'm pretty certain it was a female that sounds bad oh geez <laughs> that's a so great has, start of this video yeah fantastic controversy right mm-hmm. <laughs> um 143 subscribers for carl all right his channel was created on december 10th 2018 so guess what today as well it's anniversary it's his one year anniversary since he created his channel all right. It's like you planned this or something. Chris. I did. I did actually plan this. <laughs> Some of these things are coincidences. This was not. <laughs> He's currently got nine thousand seven hundred ninety-two views, about double what we have. <laughs> we just crossed five thousand last week, by the way. Um, hot damn! I know. Hey, whoa, whoa! I said Dan. Okay, hot Dan. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. No, I didn't. <laughs> All right, forget that. Um. Hot Dan. Hot Dan. Are you talking about Nerd Talk there, Will? Hot oh, Dan. yeah. I, lo- I love his little blue icon. Mm. It's not blue anymore, Will. I know it isn't. I just figured I'd say the blue one. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure what that symbol is, but it says, Symbol Inc. presents you with Carl, but you can call him Carl Carlos. This is an experimental unit aged by 20-ish years. We let him do what he wants as long as he follows the rules. You'll find almost everything in here, but mainly games and game-related topics. Hopefully you enjoyed the videos we allow this experimental unit to make. If you have any problems with this unit, please report to one of the channels like Twitter or Gmail. Always remember we are here, even though he is not here. <laughs> like, what? Okay. <laughs> this we have, is hilarious. This I know. Is so him. Is. Um, we have very popular shows such as Indie Intermission, Early Access Invent- Investigations, Review and Interview and Rambling Thoughts. Be patient with the experimental unit. It can be very moody at times, and once it is set to go, it just goes. Don't need to love him, but it does crave some sort of acknowledgement for its work. <laughs> Take right. care of yourselves and have a nice day. So here's my synopsis, all right? What Carl Lucas is known for. Indie game reviews. Indie slash developer interviews. Early access investment outlook. <laughs> And then in-depth discussion with other YouTubers and indie devs. Okay, so his oldest video is called "Award of the Game Award?" Question <laughs> mark. <It's> just <laughs> yes. okay. It sounds like a a Carl video. Yeah, yes, um, it does. So that video 
Last I checked, had 28 views, but it might have more now. It's, oh, yep, yep. More than I thought. 30 views. Probably one for me and one for Will. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then his most popular video um, was interviewed, and I'll show you in a second why it's not actually the most popular on his channel. Let's see for a second. Yeah. So he cut and censored uh, EFAP um, because he wanted to showcase how they covered this other YouTuber, Jenny Nicholson. Not going to get into that. I don't want to be part of that drama. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that at all. Um, but his his most popular video, because this is actually his content, um, mm-hmm. was interview with Dr. Albright the Third, the creator of Ascend Hand of Cool. Cool call. Cool call. I'm not sure. Um, sure either. I can go either way. But anyways, um, it was a it was a good interview with the creator of Ascend Hand of Cool. Call. Cool call. <laughs> Cool. One of the two. Cool call. Cool call. Cool call. Anyways, uh, yeah, so he's got almost 2,000 views on this video. Um, the ones that I've watched that I really enjoyed, though, I'll, I'll point them out, and Will might agree or disagree with me. I watched this Victoriana we'll video. It's a text adventure. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but the one I, I listened to more in-depth was his early access investigation number five, Interstellar Marines where the devs were talking about this 10-year development this was, a, this was a really good one, yeah. I was like, oof. And when you listen to them talk, it seems like, I mean, it's a little naive. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Very passionate. Really want to get their job done, but they're using early access incorrectly. And if you actually follow the terms of service, Steam particularly states you can't use early access to fund your game. That's kind of what they're yeah. doing. That's exactly what they're um, doing. He, he really gets he really gets into that and kind of drills these devs on, hey guys, like what are you guys doing? And that, it kind of goes along with his uh, early access um, investment outlook portion of his channel, where he says, yep. you know, based upon what he sees in the early access, is this a good investment going forward? Um, is this a good idea for you to spend your hard earned money on? Uh, and that's kind of cool. He's almost like uh, what's that guy, like Kramer on. Is it CNN where he talks about different stocks that you can invest in? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. But you're you're investing your stock in a game. So when he does these Mm -hmm. uh, audio podcast-based things, he's got these cool little, like, um, audio waves on the bottom of the screen. Kind of keeps your eyes at attention a little bit, but you know that you don't have to really watch because it's not a video. It's an audio thing. Yeah, It's kind of cool. He's got a good voice for the podcast part too, where he's doing these long form interviews. Oh yeah, and he he speaks very clearly. So, yes. I know he's just worked on this new video on uh, Kingdom Evolution of a Franchise. He's put a lot of work into this. I haven't had a chance to check it out myself, so maybe we'll just pull it up and put it on in the background. See, okay. yeah. So he's talking about this. I think it's a yeah, it's a side scroller. Um, and he's just going real quick, through. I want to make sure that the Word document is only open on my screen. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. It's not open on the um, podcast. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I don't want everybody to see behind the scenes for the entire mm. uh, podcast this week. Just just on Synopsis Sunday, okay? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll show you what I'm looking at, Will. Maybe you can see okay. it now. Oh, this isn't the gameplay, though. Oh, there you go. Can you see it now? Hold on. Now I see it, yes. Yeah. So anyways... Um, he was talking about this game that's, uh, I guess, the evolution of it. 
I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but it looks like he's got some solid editing in there. So definitely go get. Oh him, yeah, he was sending chat. us the little pictures of yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also saw another. He did this podcast slash interview with, I think the guy was named Nothing Box TV. Let me see. If I can find it. I thought he did a really good job, kind of discussing this guy's channel with him and like what he's going. Yeah, here it is. Nothing Box TV. He does a really good job just kind of talking to people about. <laughs> Great, love having that word in there. Okay, Carl, I can't I can't have this screen up for very long. <laughs> it had um uh, the what not the Lower Peninsula bad guys will, but the other bad guys from World War Two and in the in the in the video oh. title. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yes. Um, <laughs> Anyways, no, he does some really good in-depth interviews um, and whatnot. So what we've done on the last few, and I'm sure Will knows where we're going with this, um, what do we like most about his channel? My, Me personally, I like his early access investigation. He does some good discovery on some indie devs, people that are less than, uh, um, uh, what's the right word for this? Uh, educated on the indie scene. Um, you know, they're not really new, but they're not old, you know, like, uh, I can't talk today. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have the, um, uh, years into the scene like AAA devs do, right? So they're a little naive. I think he does a good job of, of kind of helping them or pointing out to the general public where they're lacking in, in their development. Um, personally, that, that's my opinion. What about you, Will? What do you like about his channel? Yeah, so I also like his interviews and his investigations. I think he is really well prepared for those, and he's on a, like very passionate about what he's talking about and who he's interviewing. And that really comes across in his videos, and it also comes across in his editing mm-hmm. um, on those some of the shorter videos. I think um, the only, honestly, his videos are super polished, so I enjoy listening to him. The ones that are edited, I like the the edits they does to them. Uh, the only thing I would change right now is uh, release some of those longer interviews and segments. Yeah, yeah, so, like have that's fair. Like, different parts, like part one, part two, and then have like the full interview. So a lot of other like news channels do that, where they have parts of the video and then they'll release the whole video like a day later. Yeah, like like cut cut like six really good clips out of the video and have like a highlights yeah that or even again just have like you know part one which is like the first 30 minutes and then part two is the next 30 minutes yeah or like chop it up like we do and do five things Mm -hmm. for the week like yeah these five questions on monday these five questions on tuesday then boom instead of having one video a week on this you got six videos boom (laughs) yeah so i think that one will you know he, he has the content is really good I just think sometimes that longer video will turn off some viewers that you might be getting if if, if it was cut up in parts. The the quote unquote that's too long argument. <laughs> I know. I I always say it and I always get pushed back like hey, we enjoy it. And the thing is I enjoy it too. It's like I will watch or listen to that entire thing cuz I listen to it at work. Yep. But not everyone does that. That's why we chopped ours up so you can listen to it mm-hmm. on the audio podcast all the way through and it's easier to bookmark an audio podcast versus a YouTube video where well for me I turned off all my history and all that stuff because I hate I hate resuming a video 
that I accidentally left on, and then it's like at mm-hmm. 11 of 12 minutes, and I'm like, I missed the entire content. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, I, I agree. I think maybe some chopping up of the videos, do like a highlights reel, or, or yeah. cut it into six parts. Boom. This is the intro. This is the first set of questions. This is the path going forward for the indie dev. And then final video will be the conclusion. I don't know. And then maybe another video where you, you give your conclusion separate from the indie dev. Mm-hmm. But he must be doing something right because when he was on our podcast, he had like 83 subscribers. He's gained 60 subscribers in four weeks, it seems like. so. Yeah, well, his content is really interesting and it's different. Yes. I don't know many people who are doing what he's doing. Me either. I think he does a really good job. Um, and then I think the only thing that'll happen is he'll gain more subscribers. I wouldn't even be surprised if he had 200 by the end of the year. It's yeah, I wouldn't like, be surprised either. Or even uh, for sure by January. End of January, he'll have 200. But even since yeah, I... Well, like I said, it's different. He has, he's found this really cool niche. So Yes, I agree. He's, he's there. Um, mm-hmm. So, Carl... Uh, hashtag Hidden Vectors. We really appreciate you uh, being a part of the group, and we hope that your channel only improves going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, please remember to like this video, comment on this video, subscribe to our podcast, and share it across social media. Um, and definitely do the same thing for Carl. He deserves it. Yeah, it definitely does. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you on the next Grillcast. Thank you. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And today is Wild Call Wednesdays. Which is great because there's actually like a couple weeks ago and we didn't realize it. There was like a Persona Wildcard Wednesday thing, and we totally should have covered this on the Persona yeah. Wildcard Wednesday date. But oh well. I had no idea that was a thing. Even though I'm a super fan Somehow of Somehow Chris didn't know, yeah, he's a super fan. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> But anyways, um, today, we want you to, guys to like this video, comment on this video, share this video across social media, especially Reddit, and <laughs> uh, okay, subscribe to our each, podcast. Each I have I have changed it every single day. Of yes. course, MySpace was the worst one I chose, so yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's going to be um, our most popular video. Probably, because <laughs> they'll be sharing it across MySpace. Um, today, we're covering the what I call the persona pattern which is every game they've released will eventually get a second more definitive more complete release later it has happened with every single persona game um, mm-hmm. including a non-persona game Tokyo Mirage Sessions which is getting a definitive edition re-released on the Switch didn't see that one coming <laughs> I, sh- I really should have. I'm, I'm kind of surprised I didn't see that coming. But yeah, I mean I, they re-released every game on the Switch, so. Well, it's an at- it's an Atlas and Nintendo partnership, which is why I was suspecting it wouldn't happen. But anyway, um, believe it or not, Persona Five is actually my least favorite 
of the modern personas. Uh, I know that. um, Four Golden is probably my favorite, only because of the quality of life improvements over three. Um, As far as storyline goes, of the three modern personas, because when people talk about persona, they're really only referring to usually Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5. Yeah. Um, And that's because the production team changed, the creator of Persona left after two, the second half of number two, and a new guy took over. I don't remember the director's names because they're all uh, names I can't really pronounce, so I'm not going to (laughs) try. I'm not going to offend a whole bunch of people by trying to pronounce those names. But uh, the music, the guy that does the music for all of the Persona games has not changed uh, since... I think he's been there the whole time. Um, they, even let cool. him, they even let him direct one of the PSP games, which was kind of neat, because he had like a completely different style from, uh, from most other people that were covering pers- or doing the Persona uh, games. Okay? But the first three Persona games, you had Persona 1, which was released here as Revelation Series Persona, which was the weird branding that Atlas chose to use in the 90s for a lot of their games they released over here, Revelation Series. Um, don't know why. And then they changed it to Shin Megami Tensei Persona in later releases. But number two, the only one we got out of the first two was Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, which is the second half of the second game. Because hmm. they released it as two parts. Like Part one was mm-hmm. Persona 2 Innocent Sin. Part two of game two was Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. And together Reminds they had a me of another story. series that you like so much from Japan. Fire Emblem? Yes. <laughs> Anyways, we only got the second half. So uh, if you wanted to see the complete story, you had to either know Japanese and import the other version, or um, there's a fan translation patch that was put out some years later. You could play it that way. Well, eventually, of course, with every Atlas game, um, but this took a lot longer, they re-released... Revelation series Persona as Shin Mikami Tensei Persona on the PSP. Mm-hmm. And they redid all the music. It's kind of got a more poppy uh, J-pop feel to it. They re-released Persona 2 Innocent Sin uh, with a more J-pop theme as well. <laughs> They're like way more... Um, just the feeling of them has completely changed. So anybody that was nostalgic for the original music uh, does not feel right at home on the PSP. Well, J-pop was really popular then and is still very popular now. Oh, yeah. And so is K-pop, but you know that's not part of Persona. <laughs> um, so they re-released all three of the PS1 Persona games on the PSP. But, get this, Will. When they re-released Persona 2 on the PSP, they only did the first half. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. Okay. So you get, do- you get the first half on the PSP and the second half on PS1. So since they knew they weren't going to re-release the second half of Persona 2 on the PSP in in the Americas, they actually Mm -hmm. did us a favor and they put Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, the PS1 title, as a PS1 classic title available on the PS3, the PSP, and the PS Vita. Mm -hmm. So at least they give you the second half. That was my next question is if they did that. Yeah. I mean, I own all of them physically, so I don't <laughs> I know you do, Chris. You showed it to me. <laughs> so then we get to the three modern personas. You got Persona Three, Persona Four, Persona Five. Uh, Persona Three was released as I believe uh, Shin Megami Tensei Persona Three. Pretty sure. 
Um, and then Persona 4 was also released that way. Um, it wasn't until Persona 4 Golden, the re-release of Persona 4, that they dropped Shin Megami Tensei from the titles, which is it's just funny in general because Shin Megami Tensei and Persona are two separate franchises altogether. Although Persona is a subset of Shin Megami Tensei with no connections to the original brand. Mm. So it was... That is confusing. At one point in time, Shin Megami Tensei was the more uh, popular of the two, more more well-known. And at some point, Persona just took over altogether. Like, there is... More people know what Persona is than Shin Megami Tensei. Because you started buying all the games. No, it's not my. It's not me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, guys like me uh, probably don't have very much of a following in the Persona realm because uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the. I am. A, I'm a big fan of the games. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. I'm not like the type that's posting on the Reddit every single day like some other people are. Yes, you are. Chris. No, don't I don't. Lie. You have all the outfits. You go to the comic cons. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't lie, I've seen you. <laughs> um, but I did I did have a really interesting thing, so I just want to point out, right now on uh, the PlayStation Store, you can get Persona 4 Golden for $10. So, it is discounted from 20 down to 10 in the U.S. PlayStation Store, okay? If I have any European viewers, I guess it was already 10 pounds or 10 euros or whatever. It's been that way for years, but the U.S. finally got a $10 discount. Is it worth buying digitally? Uh, Persona 4 Golden? Um, If you don't like buying uh, Vita carts, then yes. Okay. If you prefer having the carts like I do, then no. You can probably get it for 15 or 20 at GameStop if you like the carts. But just to get back to the main focus of this video, um, basically Atlas, every generation, they release the base version of the game, okay? And then instead of releasing DLC for that game, like most other companies are notorious for doing, like two, three years later, okay, here's the definitive edition with no DLC in between. It's like, what? <laughs> and sometimes they re-release it at full price, like they're doing with Persona 5 The Royal. They're re-releasing yeah. it at 60 bucks. So it's like... I mean, the only nice thing they do there is the base copy, the quote, we'll call it the classic version of the game usually gets heavily discounted. So if all you care about is the original main story, you don't care about new endings, new characters, etc., etc., it's like 20 bucks or less for what was a $60 game when it first came out. And it's uber popular. Um, mm-hmm. They've never really failed at getting the sales with their re-releases, which is insane to me, because it's like, but you know they're going to re-release it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, but I you per- keep buying it, Chris, so it's, like, I, it's you and everyone else. I do. It is. I have a problem. <laughs> mm. um, I don't know if they uh, like. I don't know if it's like a uh, like they're doing it on purpose or what. But it seems like every generation they release the base game, and then years later they're like, "Okay, fine. Here you go. Here's the rest of it." <laughs> so you had Persona Three, then you had Persona Three. Fest, which is short for festival. I know everybody's like, oh, it's fest. Yeah, what's fest? It's festival. In Japan, it's festival. Um, fest is okay. short for, it's like some abbreviation. And then they released Persona 3 Portable. Now, 3 is the only one that, in my opinion, they they really have never done justice to the game because fest, they added on a bunch of things. Okay, But then with Persona 3 Portable, which came out after Persona 3 Fest, it was like 06, 07, slash 08, and then like <laughs> 2010, 
I want to say that's the the years of releases. Um, I don't have that information in front of me right now, so don't quote me on it. But it was like some years apart. Okay, on Persona Three Portable, they added a alternative route to the game where you could play as a female main character. Yeah, you told me about this. And they've basically uh, finally made her canon. Um, she's like some alternate universe character um, in Persona Q2. They actually define where she comes from, um, and she's not going to be mainline anymore. Uh, but she is technically part of the canon. Uh, overall, uh, they re-released three twice, and they never quite put everything into any of the releases. So Fess does not have a female alternative route, and they didn't improve the uh, the character arcs. And then Portable, they added the female route, but they made it a visual novel for navigation. So it's like, okay, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really weird how they're releasing uh, each game and how some games have part of the update and then like other ones don't have it or it's like the first half not the second half it's it's it is kind of screwy i don't understand why they don't just bring everything out with that definitive version right and then for persona 4 the original game came out on the ps2 and then the second the the re-release was a ps vita exclusive mm. <laughs> so there's that um mm-hmm. and then they've never released it on the ps4 well, then Persona 5 came out as a dual release on the PS3 and the PS4. Yep. And the re-release is going to be a PS4 exclusive, probably on the PS5. But right now it's listed as a PS4 exclusive. So Anyway, so... But they're making money, so they clearly have figured it out. The, the crux of this to me is um, there should be some way... And they did it in Japan. When they released Persona 3 and then Fess... Um, Fest was just an extra disc you could get uh, versus in the Americas you got Persona 3 and then Persona 3 Fest was the complete game plus Fest so you had to buy it twice if you wanted Fest or if you just bought Fest you'd have been fine so I guess with Persona if you're not a collector you could just wait it out and then buy the definitive version yeah so would you recommend that? if you're not if you're not, if you don't care about like getting it ahead of time, then yeah, might as well. Chris does care though, so he's gonna buy it. <laughs> I have every single game. I'm, I'm like the, <laughs> like if you were a major Pokemon fan, you buy all the Pokemon games, even though like the same thing reskinned every generation, or you get like Sword and Shield. Yes, <laughs> that's me except Persona. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have the figurines or the bobbleheads. Hey man, I get it. You stuff. find a series you really like, and you, know, you just gotta keep getting getting it. Yep. Yep. So, uh, if I was a non, if I was just wanted to play Persona, don't buy Persona Five. Just get Persona Five Royal when that comes out. That's my recommendation. Um, so I, I shouldn't get it for the PS3. Is what you're saying? Well, you should. You don't have a PS4. <laughs> like, how else are you gonna play it? Yeah. Okay. Good point. Good point. Although you can technically get um, Persona Three Fest on the PS3, so you should do that. Actually, it's a digital title. Oh. I forgot you could do that. You can get like almost every single Persona game except the first one and the first. Pers- okay, never mind. So you're gonna miss two titles. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that. <laughs> that's a wrap. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say. But the pattern is release, re-release, definitive version. 
that's the persona pattern. Mm-hmm. If you like this content, which I'm sure everybody on the persona subreddit is going to be like, dude, we all know good. this. We all know this. <laughs> all right. Everybody on here knows this is what happens. Okay. You're not selling us anything new. Okay. You're not giving anything to the conversation. Okay. To you guys, I will say this. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) So please like this video, comment on this video, share it across social media, subscribe to the podcast. Um, My name's Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you on the next podcast. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. I'm Will. And uh, today is Throwback Thursday. That's not how you say it. Throw, throw, throwback Thursday. All right, that's good. <laughs> I could do the Throwback Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so today. We want you guys to like this video, comment on this video, subscribe to the podcast, and share it across social media. Please um, and thank you. I'm going to pull up some of my inform- information. Let's see, complete playthrough in 15 minutes. Not bad. Okay. So we're covering Atari Adventure. Um, and uh, under I have, I have in quotation marks, Warren Robinette. It was released in December of 1979. So we're talking... 40 years ago. This is a true throwback. (laughs) Um, It was released on the Atari 2600. It was considered to contain the first or one of the first Easter eggs in video game history. Um, A scorned Atari developer named Warren Robinette put his name physically in the game because Atari at the time refused to put developers' names in the games, which resulted in staff leaving the company. Which was ironic, because the reason they did that was because they didn't want other companies to poach their development. (laughs) So because they didn't acknowledge them, they left anyways. (laughs) Great thinking there, Atari. Oh yeah, great thinking. This is the 70s, right? You know, don't don't acknowledge anybody. (laughs) Um, It was the first action-adventure video game and the first console fantasy game. I did not realize it was the first fantasy game. Yeah. It was the first adventure game on the Atari 2600. It led to the release of the Sword Quest series of games, um, which, if you don't know, a lot of people have covered this, including Angry Video Game Nerd. Uh, There was four planned games with a final contest to win the final prize, which was this crazy cool sword. Okay, Um, The contest was held per game. You had to um, win the challenge in each of the games. All right, This is one of the coolest challenges ever in video gaming history that ended with nothing happening. <laughs> so, And the reason this kind of failed in general was because of the video game crash of 1983. The first of the Sword Quest series was called Earthworld. It was released on October of 1982. Um, the prize for that game was the Talisman of Penultimate Truth. And I should probably pull up these prizes so I can show people what they look mm-hmm. like. 
Sword Quest Prizes. Let's see if I can find the image. Yeah, here it is. Let's see if it'll actually come up. Have you seen the movie uh, Player One or Ready Player One? I actually haven't uh, yet, but I plan it's to. It's strongly based off this game, so I actually play it at one point. And oh, do they really? Cool things that they have to find in the game world. Yeah. Let's see if this comes up. Um, yeah, here it is. Let's see how this looks like on. Uh... Okay. There we go. So there's the um, Talisman of Penultimate Truth. Alright, that was the win what you got for winning Earthworld. And I believe that prize was actually given to somebody. Um, there was Fireworld, released in February of 1983, which is an unfortunate year for any video game to get released. Mm. Yes. And the winner of that got the Chalice of Light, which I don't believe that was actually handed out. Um, Waterworld had a very limited release in February of 1984 because that was post-video game crash. And the winner of that would have received the Crown of Life. Each of these items, by the way, were, were, were supposed Crown to be like $10,000. There's like $10,000 were what these items were worth, supposedly. Each. Um, and then Airworld, which was never released, although a comic exists, to my knowledge, for that game. And the winner would have received what will... The Philosopher's, the Philosopher's Stone. Stone. Just like Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. except that's the Sorcerer's Stone in the Americas. Yeah, it's the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense when you get into the, the alchemy of it. And like, yeah, no, it totally makes sense, but in general. Um, so, mm -hmm. the couple things I want to talk about is, uh, since this game is like widely considered the first game with an Easter egg in it, I just want to talk about some Easter eggs we've seen in other games and contests. You know, and For example... There was a Star Wars game uh, DVD that if you went to a certain menu and like did a certain combination of uh, button presses, you got Yoda breakdancing. <laughs> That's an Easter egg That's on awesome. a DVD. It was really cool. It was I think it was on episode two, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was hilarious. And then there was like a Mace Windu thing and like a Darth Vader thing. I, I don't remember the, the Yoda one. I remember quite clearly because it was hilarious. Um. Some other Easter eggs I've seen, like you know, you'll you'll see various characters appear in other games. Like I think uh, Shovel Knight has appeared in like Ukulele and stuff like that. Um, but what about you, Will? You ever notice any good Easter yeah. eggs? Yeah. So I think one of my favorite Easter eggs. I know is a go go back to Halo, but in Halo Three, you can find Jason Jones, which is the lead developer, um, to like in a towel, naked, dancing in the corner. <laughs> what? Yeah, really? yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's just like a little uh, picture of him, and it like bounces around on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Or like the uh, was it Jason Houlihan room and Zelda Link to the Past? Mm -hmm. I think it's Jason. I don't remember. It's some or Tom Tom Houlihan. Some, it's the Houlihan room. Okay, everybody knows what the Houlihan room is. <laughs> you, you have to like zoom across the map to get to it in time fall into like this area it's got a bajillion gems in it says this is the something hulan room <laughs> and in fable there's a lot of gravestones that you can read and one of them is for jack sparrow so that's pretty funny. oh geez so just on a, on a different note now the impact of atari adventure the first fantasy adventure game all right so this is in my opinion 
the um, ancestor to Zelda. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I don't think you get a fantasy adventure game like Zelda without Atari Adventure coming first. Yeah. Well, this widened what was possible. And, uh, you know, the concept was, you know, actually able to be done. So, yeah, I, I can see your train of thought there. Yeah, I mean, this, this game really led the path for a lot of these fantasy adventure games that you see forward, right? Um, and, and it was just a natural development, right? You go from, you know, your, your standard platforming, your moving movement overworld to this, where you're unlocking dungeons, you're opening up things. Like, I, Let me put up some gameplay real quick. You're just a little dot, right? So you go from this... Pretty simple. You build off of this, and you end up with you know a little guy walking around on the screen. But look, he's picking up the key in the dungeon. He's taking it around. Yeah, I mean, it's I could totally see the evolution from this to Zelda. And then putting in the Easter egg also, you know, yes. widen that possibility. And now it's it's a thing. Like people are always looking for Easter eggs in mm-hmm. games because developers are always purposely putting them in. Like, you'll see some really funny stuff on even, like, Zelda tomb, tombstones. I think there's, I think yes. Mario's on the tombstone of a Zelda game. <laughs> really? I think so, It seems yeah. pretty morbid for me. I think it was on know. Twilight Princess. Okay. Um, anyways, but, yeah, Atari Adventures, a really kind of cool old adventure game with um, a little dot across the screen, but it's it's really the origin of fantasy adventure games. And hopefully... In a, a very very near future video, we will see uh, a DW relive review on this, re- reliving the moments of this game. Fingers crossed in that one. Fingers crossed. Maybe he'll do ET too, just for fun. <laughs> oh yes, please do ET as well. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys like this content, like this video, please like this video, comment on this video, share it across your social medias, and subscribe to the podcast. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Will. And we will see you on the next Crowcast. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. I'm Will. And today is what, Will? It's Fandom Fridays. I didn't steal your thunder this time. What are we we asking our viewers to do? We are asking them to like, share this video across your social medias, even if you don't like it, especially if you don't like it. Yes. (laughs) And you subscribe. And also leave a comment because we like to interact with you. Yes. Please leave us comments so we can make fun of you. I mean, interact with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, no. uh, Will, what uh, what game for Phantom Friday were you thinking about recommending? I'm recommending one of my favorites, Fable Anniversary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is just a basically an HD update of the Fable TLC from the original Xbox and PC. Um, it's on Steam as well as uh, Xbox 360, but it's now backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Basically, 
they didn't change much besides the UI is improved, in my opinion. Now, instead of just, like, the scrolling through the menu that it used to have, it's actually uh, format, formatted like a fantasy book. Uh, so you're actually, like, flipping through the pages to get to your inventory, which is really cool. Um, obviously, the graphics are, look much better, although the, the faces are kind of freaky. But the yeah, faces were freaky to be before. So, I mean, that's what you're going to get with. Uh, but the environments look so much better. Uh, and they also gave some modern updates. So if you like Fable 2 or Fable 3 in the way that the con- control, oh my goodness, control scheme works in those <laughs> games and the fighting, uh, they've updated the fighting uh, Fable 1 to match the button layouts of those games. Is there anything else you wanted to say about that? Um, I don't know. This, the game is clunky. The, definitely rough around the edges, but I really enjoy it. Uh, and it's just, it is so much fun to play. And now that it's updated, uh, it's brought it to a whole nother audience it's like my wife I, I try to make her play the original <laughs> and she's like this looks terrible I'm never going to play it and then she played the HD version and she, this is one of her favorite games now so yeah so um, which platform do you recommend people play this on uh, probably the Xbox One just because um, it, it works on the Xbox One and that's the, like the newest console I mean there's not much of a difference between 360 and the Xbox One if you want to go with the original game I would recommend just going to the original Xbox the comparison they just showed was ridiculous. I know you're like delayed, Will, but the holy cow! Mm-hmm. The old guy went from looking like a freak to looking like a normal, <laughs> kind of a normal person. Yeah, I know. Zoom over there. Oh yeah, my the guildmaster. The guildmaster looks a lot better. <laughs> holy cow! He looks like an actual old man now instead of like yes, a blocky yes. whatever that was. Uh huh. But yeah, this I game mean, was like was supposed to be revolutionary, and I think it was in a lot of ways. But the graphics was definitely not one of them. <laughs> oh my god. It was horrible, mm-hmm. and and the the they couldn't they should have fixed the the kid way more than they did. The kid looks terrible. He looks I know, horrible. You only but, play as the kid for like ten minutes. I know, he still looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I would I prefer Fable Two to this one, but that's just me. I like Fable Two a lot, but I mean I played this one first, so maybe it's just nostalgia hitting me. But maybe. this is still my favorite in the series. Um, so you said Xbox One is the best way to play this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, though so you can play it on PC, and there's an extra hard mode. I think it's called Hero Mode, and that makes the game much more challenging, and people have really enjoyed that. So if that's something you're looking for, get it on Steam. So I really dug into... Uh, are you all done, Will? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Go check out Fable Anniversary. It is, it is a lot of fun. I played through some of it. Um, I played the original more than I played through Anniversary, but... Uh, looking back, I don't think I could play the original after playing Anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend kind of a, a really obscure uh, mobile phone game. <laughs> Which is like not, not really yeah, like it's me. so unusual for you. Yep. Um, this game, I, I'm not 100% even sure how you pronounce the title. Um, it could be Partia or it could be Partia. I don't know which. I'm going to go with Partia. We'll call it Partia. Um, yeah. If you like Fire Emblem, but you don't like Fire Emblem Heroes, you are in the same boat as me. I'm not a fan of Fire Emblem Heroes, um, just because it's too simplified for to be a true Fire Emblem game. Um, but Fire Emblem did have a Fire Emblem clone come to the platform years ago called Partia, Parsha, whatever the heck it's called, the Broken Lineage. Okay, mm-hmm. this is gonna look really familiar to anybody that plays Fire Emblem. 
um, check out these sprites. They basically oh, yes. created so a full-length dialogue box. Oh yeah, they basically created a full-length Fire Emblem style game. It doesn't steal any elements from Fire Emblem though. They did a really good job making their own story up, and it didn't sell very well actually. Um, I don't think they had very like they had really good development going into it, and um, all of the storylines are really well written. Uh, but they didn't do as well as they had hoped. But they did complete the trilogy. They said, we put this out. Uh, the whole trilogy for the fans. <laughs> we didn't make any money off this really at all. I'm like, well, that's that's an honest effort then. <laughs> yeah. So, the, I mean, the games are full-length games, no DLC, no microtransactions. The only jarring thing you'll see between this and Fire Emblem is when you go into a fight, it's an on-map fight. It doesn't go into the really cool, slick animation where they're like, a, a, a horse is running across the screen and slashing somebody with an axe. None of that exists. The battle animations are gone. But mm, all of the sad. cool dialogue and all of the um, overworld animations, it's all here. It's a really well-made mobile phone game. And there is a trilogy, so if you like the first game, you can buy the second game. If you like the second game, you can buy the third game. It's all there. It's really well done, well executed. It's made by a very small developer. Maybe three people, two people, I'm not oh, sure. Okay. Um, but, well, it certainly looks really, really good. But it was later. released in 2012. This was done in t- 2012. This is remarkably similar to Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah. The same. <laughs> so you got to think about when this was released, they had not yet released. I don't think Awakening was out yet. Uh, Fates definitely wasn't out yet. Um, the latest release of a Fire Emblem game at this point in time was Shadow Dragon. Which, if you remember, we talked about before, Will, did not mm-hmm. sell well at all. In fact... At the time, it looked like the death of the Fire Emblem franchise was imminent. <laughs> so, when they released this on mobile phones, it was like, man, we really want Fire Emblem. We don't want to see it go away. Let's release this game. Let's make this game kind of our own game. I think it had been in development for a long time. Um, because once they created their engine, they were ready to go for future re- releases. Uh, but in general, yeah, Fire Emblem was kind of on the way out at the time because Awakening really revived the franchise. I think that was a 2013 release. Um, And that was the first super majorly popular Fire Emblem game to release in the West. So, at the time this came out, this was like your best bet for a Fire Emblem, like a true retro styled Fire Emblem game. Because the 03 release looked like this. The 04, Mm. 03. uh, Yeah, 03 and 04 releases looked like this on the Game Boy Advance. So, you had basically a true reflection slash uh, remake of a Fire Emblem style game on a mobile phone when this released in 2012. So, shout out to the developers of Partia slash Parsha, Imago Software. Mm-hmm. And you guys should definitely go check out Parsha. Partia, Parsha, let's see. Parsha, Parsha, Parsha. It's really fun. Uh, it, it feels just like a Fire Emblem game. Um, it certainly looks like it, and the gameplay looks like it, and the dialogue box. Exactly so it's only $4, <laughs> okay? If you guys can't afford $4, but you're going to go buy Fire Emblem Three Houses, you're lying to yourself, okay? <laughs> I think they've got three games. Yep. Partia, Parsha 1, 2, and 3. So shout out to Imago Software. But number 2 is only five ninety nine, and I think the third one is where they actually... Like created a widescreen version. Yep. 
So the third game is actually built for widescreen. I think they all three stretch, but like you'll see here, like the artwork is like boxed, so it looks like a, more of a square four three. But in general, yeah, these games are well made. The story is really well. I mean, like twenty one ratings, but four point six for number three. See how many ratings they have for number two. Twenty two ratings for number two, four point five out of Man, five. Yeah, that's so low though. I know. That's what I'm saying. On the original one they had hundred and seventeen ratings, okay? So four point two out of five. But really good. But I mean, think about it. They're getting the same amount of ratings that we get views on videos, so that's not that many. No. It isn't. <laughs> so I I would really like it if everybody would go check out Parcha by Imago Software. Um, it's only three ninety nine. Go give it a shot. This is not. We were not paid by this company. They're not big enough, probably, to have advertising from. Well, they probably could buy us, but they didn't. Yeah. At <laughs> least Chris wasn't paid. I was not. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, this is not a paid advertisement. I just really enjoyed this game. It's a lot of fun. I, I, I can prove to you that I have it on my phone at this time. Give me one second. I'll show you. Yep, I see it. There it is. It's on my phone. Touch to start. <laughs> if I could do it. Yep. Parcha. Parcha, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, no, it's really well optimized for mobile. Go check it out. I don't recommend many mobile games, so you know this one has to be good. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, as always, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, enjoyed this video, please like it. Please Give us a comment about why you liked it or why you hated it. <laughs> Please share it across your social medias and subscribe to the podcast. Please do. Um, as always, I'm Chris. I'm Will. And we will see you next Crowcast.